From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. From the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NHL season officially underway with two games that concluded here on Tuesday evening, including one here in Las Vegas between the Golden Knights and the brand new expansion, Seattle Kraken. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Follow us all at VSIN Live. And a welcome in to everyone listening to our newest affiliate. Uh, that is 920 AM WGNU in St. Louis, where you can hear all of the VSIN programming in St. Louis. Now, the hockey season got off to an exciting start with the Tampa Bay Lightning hoisting up their championship banner and Everyone excited about the team hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins without Evgeny Malkin, without Sidney Crosby, without Jake Gunsel. But it didn't matter because the Penguins throttled the Lightning as an underdog. 6-2, to two, the over hits after it looked like it would not. It was a low-scoring game. It was 3 nothing with about five minutes left. The Lightning scored to make it 3-1. The empty net goal goes in for the Penguins. It's 4-1. to one. The Lightning scored again to make it 4-2. And then two more empty net goals. The final finished at 6-2. So the Lightning cover as an underdog and the over hits. And then Vegas had a 3-0 lead over the Kraken. Seattle comes all the way back to tie the game. Vegas was 90-0. and with a three-goal lead in regulation, and uh, they wind up winning, scoring a goal, and make it 4-3. to three. 
no empty net goal despite the best efforts of everyone here watching because I feel, I feel like we all had Vegas minus a goal and a half. But uh, the Vegas wins, they, they were heavy money line favorites, about minus 290 at some books, minus 260 at others. The over does hit as seven total goals are scored. So, so far, two games in the NHL, both of them hitting the over, one underdog winning and one favorite winning, and both underdogs covering on the plus a goal and a half line. So the hockey season is back. We're excited about it. And uh, we're going to be looking at some hockey spots as we progress throughout the weeks. And every day we'll take a look and see if there's maybe a play that we like on the NHL slate for the upcoming day. Can't promise you a pick every day on the NHL, but we'll definitely get to keep an eye out for some spots that we definitely love. Major League Baseball postseason continued and some series got closed out and one is going to a game five. The Houston Astros close out the White Sox. They win big 10-1, to a game that was postponed from yesterday. They picked it up in Chicago, and the series is over. The Astros advance to take on the Red Sox in the ALCS. The Atlanta Braves finish off the Brewers in Atlanta, a 5-4 to win. They had a lead, or they trailed, they came back, and well, then it was Freddie Freeman with the big uh, home run in the eighth inning as the Braves beat the Brewers 5-4. to four. So both those games went over. The Braves finished their series winning three games to one. They will advance to take on the winner of the Dodgers and the Giants. And yes, I said the winner of the Dodgers and the Giants because that series is yet to be decided. The Dodgers stave off elimination with a 7-2 victory over the Giants. And with that, force a Game 5 back in San Francisco. The Dodgers were a favorite in this one. They cover the line as a favorite. Uh, in fact, all three games were favorites uh, because the Astros, who were small underdogs, actually closed as a small favorite. So all the favorites did win here on uh, Tuesday. And so there's one more game left in the divisional round, and that will be in San Francisco, the Dodgers and the Giants. As for your underdogs and your favorites, uh, favorites went 3-0 and because, like I said, the Astros did close out as a favorite. So favorites lead so far in this divisional series 12-4. to Home teams uh, lead 11 to five overs lead nine to seven and so now you take a look ahead and you try and see what's going to happen in game five between the dodgers and the giants which will be on thursday it's going to be logan webb against julio urias i do expect the giants to be underdogs once again they've been dogs in every game this series and like i said on yesterday's show i will continue to bet the giants as an underdog uh, did not come through as around a plus 165 underdog in this game against the Dodgers. We'll see what happens in game five on Thursday. The uh, ALCS will begin on Friday, the 15th from Houston, Red Sox and Astros. No starting pitchers announced just yet for that one. Have to imagine it's probably going to be Chris Sale for the Red Sox. And then uh, we'll see where the Astros decide to go. Um, but in terms of the odds, you see it right there up on the screen. The Astros are a minus 155 favorite in that series. Red Sox at plus 125 to win that series. So that is your, uh, your bet right now. It's actually increased. The Astros are now minus 160 
to win the American League. The Red Sox still at plus 125. To win the National League, though, the Braves are actually your favorite at plus 145. Now, you're saying, how could the Braves be favored? Well, it's because the other two teams aren't guaranteed to even make it to the next round. So the Braves are a plus 145 favorite. The Dodgers are next at plus 150, so pretty much the same odds. And then the Giants at plus 220. Uh, I think it, the, the Giants are a good bet here at plus 220. Now, why do I think they're a good bet at plus 220? Because really, now in my opinion, I think the winner of the Dodgers-Giants beats the Braves and gets to the World Series. So you're either getting the Dodgers at plus 150 in this game against the Giants, which is a great value because they're going to be favored in this game against the Giants. So you're getting them at plus 150 for the series against the, the Braves, which is incredible value because they're not they're going to be heavy favorites over the Braves. Or you could look at the Giants' value here, plus 220. Now, they're probably going to be around plus 150 or so dogs against the Dodgers, but then they're probably going to be favored over the Braves in the NLCS. So you have an opportunity now to get either team at plus 150 or plus 220. To me, I think it's just tremendous value when you consider what's going to be the odds moving forward. But again, you got to get through the pivotal game five, which will be on Thursday night. Thursday is going to be an exciting night. Obviously, you have the NFL and uh, the NHL is going on. NBA starts next week. Uh, we'll have Jonathan Von Tobel coming up a little later on in the program to go over the NBA betting guide as there is news in the NBA with uh, the Brooklyn Nets who are favored to win the Eastern Conference. So we're going to get to that coming up a little later on in the show with JVT. Uh, as far as um, your hockey futures are concerned, there's going to be no real change, obviously, after the first two weeks, uh, after the first two games of the season. Uh, it's still going to be Colorado as the favorite to win it all, and Vegas as your second favorite. Vegas getting off to the 1-0 start, defeating the Seattle Kraken. I, I, I loved what I saw. Both games going over. I wish I would have parlayed both overs. I didn't. I liked both overs. Didn't do that parlay. Uh, instead, I went with the, the puck line parlay between Vegas and Tampa Bay at plus 360, chasing the incredible value, and uh, was unable to get it as both did not cover. So, hey, listen, you, you know, parlays are supposed to be, you know, small quarter unit plays and little sprinkles, and that's what we did. Uh, so it was fun there for a little while. Let's take a look now at what's going to happen here uh, moving forward. Obviously, there's a uh, an exciting slate of games coming up on Wednesday in the NHL. The highest favorite on the board currently is that Colorado Avalanche team. Actually, no, it's the uh, the Lightning who are minus 280 against the Red Wings. Um that game's on Thursday. For Wednesday, the highest favorite is the Colorado Avalanche, the team that is the favorite to win the Stanley Cup. They open up their season against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they are minus 210 to the Blackhawks, plus 170. So just like Vegas was a heavy favorite here, and they are one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. as a second favorite. Colorado, the favorite to win the President's Trophy, to have the most points in the NHL have the best record, obviously, in the NHL to win their division, to win their conference, and to win the Stanley Cup. Minus 210 against the Chicago Blackhawks at minus 1.5 on the goal line. It is plus 110 for the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks plus a goal and a half is minus 130. The total in that one 
is six. So a high uh, total there. It's minus 125. In fact, there's a lot of sixes on the board here for Wednesday's slate. Montreal and Toronto with a total of six. The Rangers and the Capitals with a total of six. Vancouver and Edmonton with a total of six and a half. And uh, you have six between the Avalanche and the Blackhawks. Five and a half, which seems to be, you know, normal between the Jets and the Ducks. That'll be your nightcap on Wednesday. Your other, All the favorites in the other games, the Maple Leafs are favored over the Canadiens. It's minus 180 for Toronto. The uh, Capitals favored over the Rangers at minus 130. The Oilers a minus 190 favorite over the Canucks. Uh, I mentioned Colorado over Chicago. And Winnipeg minus 150 over the Ducks. Winnipeg is the uh, lone road team that is a favorite on Wednesday's games. So hockey season is underway. Like I said, if we see a pick on the schedule, we'll give it out. Um, probably not going to have hockey picks every single day, but there will be some that I that do jump out that I do like that we'll give out. Uh, although we were 0 for 2, if you will, or 0 for 1, if you consider our play was the puck line parlay, which we tried to have a little fun with here on opening night. I'm Scott Zadenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get into the NFL. I'll update you on some injury news around the league, and we'll take a look at the current lines for week six, which begins on Thursday night with the Bucks and the Eagles. And the Bucks will be without a key player. That's coming up next. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of the look ahead is presented by Zenit Nicotine Pouches. Zen is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a smoke free, spit free, and hassle free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus, Zin can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zin wherever you are. Zin's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zin comes into strength, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zin contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21 and over. Learn more and find your local retailer at Zin.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Satterberg back here with you, The Look Ahead, here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air and at VSIN Live. NFL Week 6 will kick off Thursday Night Football with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Eagles in Philadelphia, and the Bucs will be without Rob Gronkowski for yet another week. Uh, it's been reported by Jordan Schultz, um, who says that uh, Gronk will not play due to his rib injury. Uh, Coach Bruce Arians did say earlier in the week that it's going to be, quote, very close to see if Gronk was going to be available to play, but uh, it is still going to be uh, Gronk missing uh, another game Played, uh, he did so well in the first couple of games, scoring the four touchdowns, but missing the last couple, and he uh, will be out once again due to that rib injury. The Bucks are now minus six and a half 
over the Eagles. The Bucks are the second leg of our uh, weekday teaser that we gave out uh, going into Monday night. We had the Ravens on Monday night and the Bucks on Thursday night and got very lucky with the Baltimore Ravens on Monday, hoping not to sweat as much with the second leg of the parlay, which is the Bucks coming up on Thursday in Philadelphia. Other player news. You have Xavier Rhodes, the cornerback uh, for the Colts. He is in the concussion protocol, as well as safety Andrew Sandejo. I talked about this a little bit yesterday in reaction to uh, what went down on Monday Night Football, that the Colts, who are 10-point favorites against the Houston Texans, it's now down to 9.5, and and I think it actually goes lower because I think that there's going to be money coming in on the Texans here. The Colts are just banged up. They are dealing with a lot of injuries, and if they now play this game without Rhodes, without Sendejo, uh, they're already, if um, Rocky Yassin still doesn't play, that's another cornerback that they're going to be without. Uh, still unsure when T.Y. Hilton's going to make his debut, although they looked fine offensively against the Ravens, even without Braden Smith, their tackle. So there's going to be a lot of injury concerns for the Indianapolis Colts playing on a short week. And whenever you're talking about guys coming out of concussion protocol, having that one less day because they played on Monday is absolutely going to hurt their availability. So I'd be very cautious before I lay the 10 points with the Indianapolis Colts or consider the Indianapolis Colts for uh, my survivor pick, right? I would be uh, very, very cautious, and I'd wait to see what the injury report uh, comes out about for that game. Uh, Other injury news or non-injury news, if you will, Chandler Jones of the Cardinals was placed on the reserve COVID list. Now, there's still a chance that he can be cleared for Sunday's game if he's vaccinated. Because uh, you got to go through whatever the NFL procedures are that's different for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, are in a dangerous spot against the Cleveland Browns. I really like the Browns in this spot. Browns are laying three at home. Uh, the Browns are probably going to be one of my picks for the week in the, in the contest. So I, 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 if there's no Chandler Jones, even though he hasn't lived up to the hype that he showed in week one, he's still been a key part of that defensive front. So keep an eye on his status if he is available or not for that game against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Eagles, speaking of the Thursday night game against the Bucks. Still probably going to be without right tackle Lane Johnson. Uh, he did not play, uh, did not participate um, in Tuesday's walkthrough. So not sure. Anytime you're dealing with a short week, it's going to hurt injury situations. So if a guy gets banged up on Sunday, availability for Thursday is absolutely going to be up in the air. Uh, the Eagles without Lane Johnson definitely going to affect their offensive line performance. Uh, that's just some updates on some players, some injury news. Um, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was placed on injured reserve. I think that everybody was expecting that to happen because he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, I think everyone knew that he was going to miss a couple of weeks for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so that's uh, no surprise there with the um, the availability of the uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, we have another player added to the reserve COVID list. And that is uh, 
Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. So that does affect them for Thursday against the Bucks. Zach Ertz would be their primary tight end in that game. Tom Brady did have his thumb wrapped up on Tuesday, but he says that it's fine. And uh, you know Tom Brady. He's not going to sit. He's not going to not play in the game. So not worried about Brady. He right now is probably the you know my pick to be the most valuable player. Look at his performances. Uh, in terms of the actual odds right now for the MVP award, let's see if we have, uh, don't have the updated odds for the, oh, let's see here. Got it. There it is on the screen. Josh Allen is your favorite at plus 450. Kyler Murray next at plus 500. Tom Brady all the way down there at plus 800. So Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott above Tom Brady. But look at the numbers that Tom Brady has put up this season. I think there's you can absolutely make the case for Brady to be the MVP right now. He's thrown for more yards than anybody in the NFL, 1,767. 15 touchdowns to just two interceptions. One of those interceptions was on a Hail Mary at the end of a half. So Brady having as good a season as anybody right now, certainly as good as, you know, Josh Allen. Josh Allen with the 12 touchdowns to two interceptions. But Josh Allen, of course, um, has the rushing stats as well. Two touchdowns on the ground to help his case out. So Josh Allen is your favorite, followed by Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, and then Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady at plus 800 Nice little value there. Jamar Chase, your favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's something that we talked about after his performance on Sunday, despite the fact that Kyle Pitts kind of introduced himself to the world, right? Literally, because he played in London. Uh, He was kind of a a darling pick before the season started, but he's been very disappointing to start the year. Had a breakout game against the Jets. And despite what Mac Jones is doing, and despite what Justin Fields could do, Trey Lance got his first start, okay, the quarterbacks are definitely going to be attractive plays. No rookie right now offensively is playing better than Jamar Chase, uh, who is just absolutely lighting it up uh, with the touchdowns through the first five games of the season. He is plus 350 right now, and I don't even think there's even, you don't even have to consider anybody else. Um, What's interesting is you're looking at like defensive player of the uh, defensive uh, player of the year right now. This is where I think the awards are interesting. Not defensive rookie, defensive player of the year. Trayvon Diggs is plus 900. He leads the NFL in interceptions. He has an interception in, I think it's four straight games. This guy is, he's outshining his brother, Stefan Diggs, as the best Diggs in the NFL. Like this, he, the way that he is playing for this Dallas Cowboys team is just off the charts. Right now, he is a huge reason why the Cowboys, it's him and Dak Prescott, why the Dallas Cowboys are where they are right now. So he's plus 900, your third favorite for defensive player of the year behind Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald. I would absolutely consider putting in a little uh, flyer here on Trayvon Diggs at plus 900. So Brady at plus 800 MVP. And Trayvon Diggs plus 900 defensive player of the year. Two futures that I would look into here as we are five weeks through the NFL season. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Amal Shah 
host of Odds On here on VSIN. Going to talk about some of these NHL uh, NFL futures and uh, the games here coming up in week six. Uh, all things betting when it comes to the NFL, college football as well. There's a game that I'm that I circled. I talked about it last night, and I think I want to dive a little further into it. And that's the Clemson Syracuse game on Friday. Line is still at 14, and I don't know if it's going to move off 14, but I'd love to get it at 14 and a half uh, because I think the more I dive into this game, the more I think Syracuse is the right side. But we'll get into that plenty as we progress here throughout the show. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Follow on Twitter at Scott's on Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VSIN.com data and analysis. You get everything VSIN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here. The look ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Joined now in studio by our very own Amal Shah, host of Odds On here on vcin. Amal kind enough to sit in with us in studio. So I'm very happy that he's joining us in, instead of just being on the phone. It makes it seem like it's not me, that I don't have an odor, that people aren't willing to come into the studio and hang out, you know? I don't think it's you. I think it's the time. That, <laughs> okay. let's, just, let's just be honest here. You know, let's just be realistic here. It's a little bit of a difficult time for most people. Sure, sure. But we like to have fun here late at night. Uh, did you did you watch the hockey games? Were you into the hockey games? I, I did. I watched uh, the first period and the and the part of the third period. So I saw a little bit of it, but uh, I was impressed with the Kraken. Uh, they looked competitive their first game out. Sure. I, obviously, I was on Vegas minus a goal and a half. So they had a three nothing lead. I was excited and turned the game off and, you know, started focusing on prepping for the show and getting some things lined up, watching the baseball game. And then before you know it, it's 3-3 and, well, the puck line was just gone. (laughs) You know, it's unfortunate. You have a 3-0 lead. You expect a team to be able to hold on to it. But the problem when you look at VGK is Robin Leonard, is he going to be able to be consistent enough? Mm -hmm. And this is a team that I was surprised the total was 5.5 because VGK, generally speaking, you see so many 6.5 with them. Yeah. And this is the team, once again, played true to form, giving up some goals, scoring some goals. They... They just don't seem like they defend at an elite level. You know, when you look at the New York Islanders, when Barry Trouts got there, the difference he made in that team defensively. And you look at this team now, uh, I like DeBoer as a coach. He did a great job when he was in San Jose, but let's see if they can find the defensive footing they're going to need if you're going to get past some of the other teams in the West to get to the final goal. The Islanders are very sexy pick for futures in the Eastern Conference and the Stanley Cup. Start the season with 13 straight road games, though, as they wait for the arena to be finished. Don't know if that's going to get them off to a... Slow start, uh, that's something definitely to pay attention to, but they are a very popular pick, I can tell you that. Have defense, will travel, that's always an advantage, but we'll see what they're able to do. I I like the fact that this team is going to be in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, NFL, we're through five weeks now, Amal. Anything that has jumped out to you as a big surprise through five weeks? You know, the fact that probably five out of eight divisions have already been virtually decided. (laughs) The AFC East, the AFC South, I'm not going to necessarily annoy yet. If Indianapolis had won that game last night, it would be much closer. But you look at that team. I heard you reference the injuries earlier, particularly with the secondary. Quinn Nelson also on the shelf. 
You look at the situation on the offensive line and overall, I love Jonathan Taylor. People forget at Wisconsin, he set the NCAA record for over 6,100 yards rushing in his first three seasons. Mm -hmm. Two-time Doak Walker Award winner in the Big Ten. I mean, this guy was unbelievable. I I think that's going to be tough for them to catch up. You look in the NFC, the East, the North, and the South. They seem like foregone conclusions. The only way I can see... Washington, Philly, or uh, the Giants having an opportunity to catch Dallas if Dak goes down or, uh, you know, even potentially if Zeke suffers an injury. I know some people like Pollard, but, you know, the difference is Pollard's a change of pace guy. When you look at statistically, when he started, when Zeke didn't play, didn't put up great numbers. He's good with Zeke in the lineup. Great point you make there. Absolutely. Changes the dynamic. Mm -hmm. The North, it's going to be Green Bay's, assuming Rodgers doesn't get hurt. And I don't know if I've seen a quarterback who's better at sidestepping pressure, (laughs) getting ready to the football ever than Aaron Rodgers. Brady is so cerebral. He's going to make the right decision, get rid of the football. They're healthy. That's a dominant football team. So those three divisions look like they're kind of stitched up. The NFC West is open. Should be a lot of fun to see who emerges. I picked the Rams to win the NFC. I have a bunch of bets on them to win the NFC. So for me, I'm going to stick with them to win the West. Yeah, I think that's the way to go, despite obviously the Cardinals yeah. being undefeated. Uh, I think you're right. A lot of these divisions seem to be locked up, but... With the extra wild card, it's going to be interesting to see now three wild cards from each league and, and who's going to get into the playoffs, who's not going to get into the playoffs. And I was taking a look at some of the futures, right? And especially when you consider like uh, a team like the Chiefs, okay? Still going to attract public money, still going to be a top selected team in terms of the futures. That's why they're the second favorites when the AFC. But if they get into the postseason, I, like, I don't think they're winning their division, which means they're going on the road. And even if they win that first game, they're probably still going to be on the road. So now I'm going to bet on a Chiefs team, or I'm asking, am I going to bet on a Chiefs team that's going to play on the road probably twice in the playoffs in order to get to the AFC title game and then probably on the road in the AFC title game? Like, how can I bet on that team? Well, no, look at it this way, right? Even if the Chiefs wind up, and I agree with you in terms of them winning the West. So even if they finish as the fifth best team from a uh, standings perspective, Mm -hmm. They're still going to end up playing at least two games on the road automatically. Yes. And the only way they could play the home game in the NA- so AFC somebody championship. somebody gets upset. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to play three road games. I'm with you. I, I mean, you hate to say uh, two and three unless you have some injuries with Justin Herbert or some other guys in the AFC with Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, uh, Lamar Jackson, that this team's going to be able to really emerge. But it's going to take a tremendous run, and that defense can't stop anybody. It looks like there's college teams out there that can move the ball against this Chiefs defense right now. They are bad. And I'll tell you one thing. I don't know, Scott, if they're going to make the postseason. Forget about the AFC championship game and winning the it's AFC. Fair. It's fair. Two and three in a division where you're looking up at everybody right now. They'll probably finish ahead of Denver and the Raiders, barring a catastrophic collapse by Kansas City. But still, they don't have a lot of they don't have Jacksonville. They don't have those Jets types of mm-hmm. games on the schedule where you're like, okay, we're gonna get a W here, we're gonna get a W here. What's I know that it's 17 games, right. and so that adds a different dynamic, but What I start to do now, through five weeks, the math comes into play here. Sure. You have to look now at the standings versus the schedule, and when you see two and three and you think, eh, it's two and three, they can overcome that, but can they really? Because in the AFC, you got to believe it's going to take 11 wins to get into the postseason. Ten and and seven might not make it. And so, okay, you want to say ten and seven. All right, at the worst, ten and seven. They, that means they can only afford four more losses. And that's a very thin line to walk for the rest of the season. I would agree with you, and I think you bring up an excellent point in terms of the record and where they stand. However, the one thing is, you alluded to it, seven teams get in the postseason. Let's go ahead and concede the Chargers, the division, the other three teams win their division, whether it's the Ravens or the Browns. 
but in the AFC East, there's no, th- there's not a second. It's, only, it's a one team division. It's yes. one team division. Yes. I don't see a wild card coming out of there. AFC South, two teams are eliminated: Jacksonville and Tennessee. Excuse me, not Tennessee. Jacksonville and um, uh, who's the other horrible? And the team? Jack, uh, the, the Texans. Texans. Yeah. Thank you. And then, of course, you potentially the Colts, mm-hmm. but I don't see it with Wentz being consistent enough. That was the best offensive game they've had all year, yeah. and they still couldn't close the deal. They're sitting at one and four. The thing that hurts right now for the Chiefs is their three losses have come in conference. The Chargers, the Bills, yeah, we'll and the Ravens. Yep. And you lose all those tiebreakers. Now, those teams all appear to win the division at this point in time, so it won't impact them as much. But the one thing is, where I think what bodes well for them is, let's assume the Browns or the Ravens, whichever team, you have a wild card there. But if the Steelers or the Bengals hang around long enough to be a wild card contender, then are you the second team or the third team in that division I mean, in the conference to get in there where you've got your division, you've got two teams already ahead of you with the Raiders and the Broncos. Yep, that's going to be a fine line to walk. And then in the uh, NFC, uh, I think we agree it's a one-team division in the NFC East. Uh, I, I think the Vikings can make a run here because, to me, they're much better than their 2-3 and three record. This is a team that was a Dalvin Cook fumble away from winning in Week 1. They were a missed field goal away from winning in Week 2. So that's two losses. They, this could be a four and one team versus a two and three team right now. I will give you week two against Arizona. They should have won that game, yep. missed the field goal. But I would say in week number one, Zach Taylor made one of the worst decisions I've seen all year, going for it fourth and one at his own twenty nine yard mm-hmm. line, up twenty one to seven. What the hell are you doing? That's a fireable <laughs> offense. But Mike Brown would never fire anybody, so that doesn't make a difference. But the reality of it is, I thought they should have lost that game, which they did. I get your point in overtime. The Detroit game. They were leading throughout, but the yeah. Lions were hanging around. It was, it was a competitive game where you never felt like they were out of the woods in that matchup. The Browns game, I thought the Browns should have dominated them. The final score was not, yeah, in Baker my opinion. did not play well. Yeah, but he was horrible in that football game. So, for me, I look at them, and I, I kind of see old Bill Parcells line. They are what their record is. Sure. Okay. And I look at this team. You know, you got to play Dallas at home. You're at Carolina this week. This is a critical game for, for the NFC in terms of wild card. I think this is going to be an elimination game for one of these teams. Ooh, that's fair. And the Panthers at three and two, you got to love what they've been doing. Sam Darnold is running back one, right? RB one. But if Christian McCaffrey does come back, I think the huge thing for the Panthers, and it's the reason why I actually bet them against the Eagles. And that's one of the more frustrating losses I've suffered this season. I have the same one. So I'm with you. They're winning throughout the entire game. And if that punt doesn't get blocked, they not only win, but they cover. The punt gets blocked. The Eagles wind up scoring on the short field. And then they still have an opportunity to tie it and send it to overtime. But Darnold throws the interception. That was a very frustrating loss. What's your take on Sam Darnold? I was not high on him coming out of USC. I said, go back to the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State. They got 11 pros. You couldn't move the ball against him. You were a turnover machine. I get he played under Adam Gase. Not a big fan of Gase. But to me, Sam Darnold... He's just a guy. He's yeah. not He's so, not going to lead you anywhere, in my opinion. You're talking to a Jets fan here. So for, for when Sam Donald was coming out, I was obviously knocked against him because he had the similar situation for Mark Sanchez where he didn't start a lot in college. Right. Right. And, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, I, I come from that Bill Parcells school where it's like you need the however many starts, however many wins. Like, you like the players that played for three, four years in college. Uh, that wasn't the Sam Donald case. Um, I, I just think that he was put at every disadvantage that you could possibly be put in when you come into the NFL. You know, they only gave him the three years, right? And then they got rid of him. But, you know, multiple head coaches, multiple uh, offensive coordinators, just the team around him was never good enough. But I'll tell you the real reason why I'm backing the Panthers coming up next. That's Amal Shaw. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network.
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. the Bellator 268 action for free with the Bellator MMA Prediction Challenge. Answer questions about how you think it'll all go down on October 16th for your shot at up to $5,000. Head to DraftKings.com Showtime now to make your predictions before the fights begin. Who will be one step closer to claiming the light heavyweight throne? Don't miss the light heavyweight World Grand Prix semifinals on Saturday, October 16th, live on Showtime. Terms and conditions apply and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Scott Seidenberg back here. The look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network, joined once again in studio by Amal Shah, host of Odds On here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I teased you with why I really like the Carolina Panthers this season. Uh, it's not just how they've played so far defensively and how they've played under Matt Rule and, and how Sam Darnold has looked. Uh, Christian McCaffrey coming back obviously gives a boost to their offense. But when J.C. Horn went down, and he's not going to miss the whole season, he'll be back at some point, they went out there and they acquired C.J. Henderson, a guy who is a former top 10 draft pick. He's slowly getting up to to, to speed and, and going to be ready for that team. But going out and trading for a guy like Stephon Gilmore, an all-pro cornerback, even though he wasn't able to play last week, I think he won't make his debut for another couple of weeks, it sends a message to your team that you're going for it this year, that you're going to give them every opportunity to be successful. And I think the players respond to that. It's a great fit. You look at the situation you referenced. Say J.C. Horn played at South Carolina. Stephon Gilmore played at South Carolina. You got a guy you're going to learn under who's been a tremendous defensive player in this league. C.J. Henderson, you referenced that kid was tremendous coming out of Florida. We know he can play if he can get in the right situation, do better than he had previously. I think it's a great – and I love Matt Rule as a head coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's a terrific coach. He seems to get the best out of his players. And he's one of the few guys that you see that has had good success. Remember, went to Temple, then Baylor, and was able to turn things around there. He's had good success at Carolina so far. Tepper's the richest owner in the National Football League. You know, I, I don't think they're going to be afraid necessarily to get to the max of the cap and, and maybe mm-hmm. sign some guys on some signing bonuses and other things. So this program is heading in the right direction. Uh, and you've got a franchise player in Christian McCaffrey. The big question mark is that quarterback. Yeah, we'll see if Darnold can uh, keep running the ball effectively, but not turning the football over. The turnover did hurt them uh, on Sunday against the Eagles, and then, of course, the block punt. Uh, but I'll get over it. Don't worry. Trust me. Uh, let's go to college football. Uh, Friday night, this is an interesting game. I circled this one. Uh, I bet against Clemson when they last played against Boston College. Yeah. Uh, I actually had Boston College on the money line at plus 500. Oh, so nice bet. When uh, they fumbled at the end on the 11-yard line, it was very frustrating for me because they were going to score a touchdown and win that game. The problem was if the tight end looks up, he's got another five yards before he steps That's out of bounds. very true as well. It, it would have changed the dynamic of how you approach him mm-hmm. because their running game has been outstanding all yeah, year. Yeah, and it was just, look, uh, you know, Grossell's going up to the line of scrimmage. He's trying to adjust the play and... The center snaps the football, and you know Boston College loses. But they still covered the two-touchdown line. And part of the handicap, and I wrote this up for VEASAN.com, was that Clemson's offense is not good enough to be two-touchdown favorites over anybody right now. And when you consider how good Syracuse's defense has played at times this year, because they did give up a lot of points against Wake Forest, they did give a lot of points up against Florida State, I don't know if in the Dome on a Friday night, Clemson's offense is going to be two touchdowns better than Syracuse. I tend to agree with you. I still think BC is a little bit better team than uh, Syracuse at this point in mm-hmm. time. 
The question for me is, can Tucker run the ball effectively against this defense? Remember, they're out, they are without Brian Brzee. That's a huge blow. Yeah. No Will Shipley on the offensive side of the ball. The problem for Clemson, in all honesty, it's not necessarily the quarterback play, even though DJ has been a bit spotty. Remember, they lost four out of five starters in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, nobody wants to call it out, but Tony Elliott sucks, okay? He's a terrible <laughs> He's a terrible offensive coordinator. That's the it's, problem. It, and also, it's, it's um, Dabo's unwillingness to utilize the transfer portal. So when all these other programs are bringing in guys, he doesn't bring in anybody. So he's losing talent to the NFL. He's only bringing in the kids that he's recruiting. He's not taking people from other programs, and that, I think, is hurting them as well. You know, look, I don't want to misquote anybody here, but I think Sean King had said he thought that Clemson was going to have a tough year. Yes, and he said 9-3. and three. Yeah, yep. and, and I think he's accurate on this. The other thing is that over, always gets overlooked because he doesn't interview particularly well. Brent Venables is the guy that really is the straw that stirs the drink. Sure, there. sure. If it wasn't a situation with Mark Stoops and Norman where he kind of got pushed out because Mark was obviously Bob Stoops' brother, or excuse me, not Mark Stoops, uh, the the other Stoops that got fired at Arizona. I forgot his first name. But the point is, Venables ends up at Clemson. That's what changed the yep. fortunes for Clemson. Their defense is still very good. Skowski's been injured. Nolan Turner's been injured. But if this team is healthy defensively, my one question is, can Syracuse generate enough offense? Because I still think when you look at mm-hmm. the Syracuse defense, they are going to give up some plays. Sure. And I, I think Clemson might be able to move the ball. But I'm with you. I would be more likely to take the Cuse 14 in this spot. Yes. Then well, I would well, delay it with, uh, with the Clemson. Syracuse offense. I will say this, and I was on the wrong side of it. Uh, I had Liberty on that Friday night going into Syracuse. I did not know, and no one knew up until probably a half an hour before kickoff, that Garrett Schrader was taking over at quarterback for Tommy DeVito. I handicapped that game with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. I bet that game with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Garrett Schrader has added a different dynamic to this Syracuse offense because he utilizes his legs. He rushed for 178 yards last week against Wake Forest. He rushed for 137 yards and three touchdowns against Florida State and then rushing for the two touchdowns against Liberty in his first start. Clemson has yet to play a mobile quarterback this season. I wonder how much his legs will affect the game. That's a great question. And the one thing I would point to in this particular matchup for me is that you talk about the difference he's been able to make. Uh, I do think the defensive front, we'll see how well they're able to do. Murphy's got to play well if Clemson's going to do well defensively. Uh, on the flip side for me, though, this Clemson offense has got to find some consistency. They've got to take some shots down the field. They're not doing that. Uh, this team has really been stagnant offensively, and I get where you're coming from. By the way, going back to that Liberty game, I think the line was three. I don't, I don't no, know. No, seven. Oh, was it, it was that much? Six, okay. it, was six, it was six and a half, and then it went off at six. And Liberty actually scored a touchdown to go up 28-21 in cover. Yeah. It got called back for a penalty. They got stopped on third and goal and fourth and goal from the one-yard line. Yeah, but you know, they lost the game because, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Hugh Freeze made a terrible decision to go for it on fourth and three instead of kicking he the field goal. He also didn't use any timeouts Time to yeah, give exactly. Malik Willis the football back. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. But you know what, most <laughs> of these coaches don't understand basic math or how to use timeouts. It's, you see it every week. I mean, the, most of these coaches don't have a clue as to when to utilize timeouts. Uh, absolutely brutal. Uh, let's talk about the big top 25 matchup in the SEC. Number one, Georgia, and number 11, Kentucky. I've been on Kentucky the past two weeks. I had the money line as a, a plus 230 against Florida. They went outright. I had the minus the three against the LSU last week because I was a complete fade of LSU with everything yeah. going on. Coach O's gone. Those players know that he's gone, so they're just not responding right now. That situation's god-awful, so they're probably going to get blown out by Florida this week. But Kentucky now has to step up in class in a big way against Georgia. The Bulldogs laying 23. I don't. Why am I not auto-firing on Kentucky here? 
Because first of all, Kentucky was able to slow down a Florida offense that's better than Georgia's offense. Look, Stetson Bennett, the future accountant, I'm not necessarily <laughs> concerned about him as much. The big question mark, if you're Kirby Smart, is who's going to be your quarterback going forward when Daniels comes back? Because JT Daniels has not overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And that's the one concern I have when you look at Georgia. Overall, the defense is elite. They've been tremendous. What they did against Arkansas, to me, was probably the most impressive performance of any unit in college football this year by one single team. Uh, it was just unbelievable. But this number is pretty high. And you look at this Kentucky team, they're not prolific on offense by any stretch. Uh, I actually like the under in this game. I think both teams are going to struggle a little bit offensively. I think Kentucky's really going to struggle against this Georgia defense. But I think the Kentucky defense is good enough to stymie this Bulldogs offense just enough. I I love the running game. White, I know Cook hasn't been utilized as much this year, but I'm a big James Cook fan. I think this team is still dangerous when you look at their trio. And then when they get healthier, this team's going to be... We saw Washington come back last week for Georgia. This team is tough. They're, they're going to be very dangerous. I picked Georgia before the season started. I told you, Alabama, you can't lose six players. You're <laughs> not. Listen, I know they want to say they're the greatest program. They're not the U. You don't have 17 first-round picks on that team last year. You're preaching to the choir. I uh, have I have one I have one big future, my biggest investment on Georgia over 10.5. Yeah. Uh, that's looking great. And then I have a Georgia plus 230 to win the SEC. And my the reason why I bet that, and I, I talked about it before the season, was because... I was anticipating a Georgia-Alabama matchup in the SEC title game. I figured both teams would go undefeated into that title game. Alabama obviously suffered the hiccup, but they're still in control of their own, you know, destiny, their future. They can go to the SEC title game. My thought process was there's no way that Georgia's going to be a plus 230 underdog in that game. So take the plus 230 before the season starts because you're not going to get it when those two teams line up against each other. Yeah, I would agree with you. And you look at still, they got the cocktail party. It's going to be a challenging game because Florida always usually plays them tough. But to your point, the one question mark I had with Alabama is, and I get everybody sits there and says they reload. If that's the case, then they would have won 12 straight national titles. Yeah, sure. It's not that simplistic. And I think it's a lazy way of analyzing and sitting there saying, look, you've got a young quarterback who's ultra talented, and he's mm-hmm. going to be a great player in a high NFL draft pick, but it's still going to take some time. You can't replace four first-round wide receivers, offensive linemen, and, you know, you look at defensively, they had, now they were coming back strong. They've had some injuries that they've dealt with at the Mike linebacker position, at, at the Jack linebacker position. So it's a situation with Bama that you have a little bit of a concern. Also, the running game, you know, you lose Harris, that's a huge blow. Yeah. I mean, he, he was, to me, he's probably been their best back since at least Derrick Henry at the very least. Worth noting, only two of Saban's uh, six titles at Alabama were undefeated seasons. Great point. Scott Seidenberg, he's Amal Shah. Catch him on Odds On. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.